Turn in your Bible, please, to the book of Matthew. Uh, as, I, as I prayed about what the Lord would want from us today, I recognized that it is Palm Sunday. I recognized that we would be having communion together, um, being that it's the last um, Sunday of the month. I knew that we were engaged in this Passion Week, uh, leading into the Passover uh, celebration, and um, and I prayed about it, and <clears throat> the Lord started to remind me of a number of things that we've encountered over the past um, year, over a year now, and how we have uh, we have focused a lot on uh, the Passover and the covering of the blood of Jesus and what. Um, what God was doing as he was about to release his people into what would become their, their identity as a, a nation. And um, I, I ruminated upon that and gave thanks to the Lord for the way that that principle and that functional reality was really a, a large part of what we've experienced as saints over this past season. And I also recognize that we were, uh, we are looking forward now to the going forth and the, the great measures of breakthrough, the great measures of provision, the great measures of opportunity to, to take the land. I appreciate the, the words that were spoken this morning about how that the Lord is uh, giving Warnings, I guess you can say, I don't know what they are yet, but you would expect the enemy not to be happy about that. But I also remember that uh, horse and rider thrown into the sea. And so I look forward to that song of Moses and the Lamb. And, and that, first, that, that first song that happened after the people of God uh, went through the Red Sea with Miriam and Aaron and uh, the people playing the timbrels and them singing. Uh, traditionally, um, they, they, they speak of that as being the first demonstration of Hillel. Uh, they, they say that that's, that's the first song, that's the first enunciation uh, of um, the delivering power of praise. And then every Passover time, they, the, um, the Jewish people today will focus on chapters, Psalm chapter 113 through 118, and they call that the Hillel. Um, we know Halal is praise. We know that the enemy is, was, Lucifer, is, his name upon creation was Hillel. And so we recognize all of those, those factors, even though that's not general church discussion. Those are factors in, in the kingdom of God. Um, and so I was reflecting upon all this, and I, uh, I was really asking the Lord, what do you want us to do functionally this week? Because I, I, we always cherish the lessons and the remembrance of what Jesus did for us, and we, we cherish the things that the Scriptures uh, detail for us concerning his sacrifice. And, um, and then, of course, the resurrection. Uh, I, I can't, 
I can't say enough about the way those understandings continue to breathe fresh measures of strength and vitality and elicit praise from the very depth of our being for our Lord. Uh, but, I, but I recognize that God wanted us to do something very different this morning, something that um, we have, we, we've never done here. And I, I, I don't think Pastor Fjordbach did this 40, in the times before I got here, and that's been over 40 years ago now. But just in that uh, period of time, 42 years I, I don't remember us ever doing this. And um, I ask you to turn to Matthew 26, and we're going to focus on one verse of Scripture. And it is after the, um, the, the, the after the bread and the wine and the, the bitter sop, after all the things that went on with Judas and the questions of the disciples, um, it says here in Matthew 26, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. So this, whatever they did at that table, and before they went um, to the Mount, they, the Bible says, sung a hymn. Now, we need to, first of all, recognize what that means. Because for us, in church, we think singing a hymn is turned in page number 343 and stand with me. You know, it's a good way to end a service. You know, you get the people standing up anyway. They can limber up. They can sing. And then they can walk out the door and shake the pastor's hand, tell him good or bad what they thought of his sermon, and now off they go to the cafeteria. But that was not the mentality here. And, and I also want to say that I don't think that any of the disciples were cantors. So I don't think they had some virtuoso that was going, oh, you know, I don't think Andrew had that capacity. And if you, if you were to look at what this word in the Greek meant um, and the way it was used in, um, in the koine of that day and through the Greek culture, it didn't necessarily involve singing like we say singing. This word was used to describe a, uh, a number of different things, a, perhaps a recitation of a poem or the, the proclamation of some kind of a play. Uh, it, it could speak of, of uh, poetic, responsive uh, things, which, which I think is probably what happened, uh, and we'll, we'll, we're going to do this here in just a moment. Um, but... What they, were, what they were going to sing was not uh, the, the, I come to the garden alone. I mean, I, th why would they sing that? That, that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> why would they sing uh, some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away? They didn't have any of the hymns that we had. Luther hadn't written any yet. You know, none of them were there. You know, Tammy wasn't there to play the organ. You know, none of that was there. And so when it says that they sung a hymn, it really means that they were focusing on something which I think very clearly was Psalm 113 through 118. And, um, and they, they declared that. And they, they may have done some types of things. Now, I know what the Midrash says. I know what history says over the past 2,000 years. But again, 
I'm not even going to say that that's what they were doing. We don't really know what they were doing here, how they were expressing it. But the hymn that they focused on was somewhere of that Psalm 113 to 118. Now, uh, I read a lot about this, and, and it's said that perhaps back then they started at Psalm 113 and did 113 and 14, and, and then they broke. And then Psalm 115 really talks uh, the highlight of that is the throwing down of idols and the demons, and they, they probably spoke something about that then. I don't know where they did that in the process of this particular meal, but the point is that after the supper, the Bible clearly says that they had some kind of a recitation, and they, they, they spoke this, they declared it, and it became the marching order. And so the title of this message is The Last Hymn. And whatever, whatever it was, uh, we're going to focus on Psalm 118 because if they did 117 or the end part of 116, to me that, that does not take away from the fact that the very last thing that they were talking about before they went out toward the Mount of Olives was Psalm 118. And, it, you know, one of the things that um, I think would be a good assignment for us uh, as you go through this week, and particularly on Friday, is to read those psalms. I'm glad they didn't do Psalm 119. They'd have missed the Passover altogether. <laughs> oh, what's he saying? Um, but, you know, I, I do think that if you look through that, you see a progression. You see a lot of things that, that spoke about God's intent for his people, how God delivers them and positions them to go and be free to follow him, the, the, the throwing down of the enemy and the false worship, and then it goes through opposition that comes against his saints. And it, it, it really is a profound thing that was the focus, the backstory. Maybe that's not the right word, a backstory. Well, it definitely is a backstory to what we normally think happened at this table. But they were focusing on that message. So the very last scriptures that Jesus feasted on before he went to the garden, well, that these disciples sung in him was this. And I think that is a, that's a very important distinction for us to recognize. What was the last scripture our Lord quoted before he entered into this whole process? What was the last thing that was in those disciples' minds and in their thinking? And this is what this is. So I think, and it, it suggested that part of the recitation of this, for instance, this Psalm 118, and I think they did a lot of different things. I wasn't there. But I think they did a lot of different ways of expressing this at that table. I think that you, you kept the purity of the, the, the Scripture, but the way it was expressed and the way different groups did it, if you didn't have a, you know, if you weren't in a synagogue or whatever, uh, Jesus was the rabbi, but he was not in a synagogue. This was just those men at this table and there was a lot of spiritual warfare going on. The enemy was there. Judas had a plot hatched. There were other things that were going on. We're aware of that from the gospel's record. But 
this, this really was the framework and how they entered into the reading of this, how they exchanged it, we won't, we won't know unless the Lord appears and tells us. And I don't really think that it really matters. The point is that these were the scriptures that the Lord feasted on at that table. And before the very last thing, and they, before they left, they, they recited something, and then they went out. And, um, and the next thing Jesus is talking about in Matthew is some of you are going to be offended. And Peter says, well, I'll never be offended. You, you know, we're, we're aware of that. But this passage, I think it would be a great thing for us to, to read through that. It won't take you long. You can do it every day if you want to. Um, particularly on Friday, I do it. And read through this because this is, this is what our Lord uh, feasted on. The scriptures that he feasted on before he went to that time of prayer. And I think that is not insignificant. I think it's very important. And I think as well as we are now coming through this season that I believe the Lord has been focusing on the vitality of Passover. Focusing on our place in him. Being sequestered in him under the covering of the blood, focusing upon how the, the enemy system is going to be thrown down and the sons are going to be exalted and we're going to be engaging in warfare and in breakthrough. I think it's important for us to look at this as well. And um, I, I'm very, very grateful for it. So, like I said, we're going to do something this morning leading into the time of individual communion that we've never done here. And as I was thinking about this, I, I kind of chuckled because it kind of reminds me what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, kind of reminds me of the days when uh, the twins were going to school at the Lutheran Church. And I would, uh, I would go to some of their, either their, their grandparents' chapel or some of their other presentations. And um, they would then have everybody go through the ritual that was in the back of their Lutheran hymnal some uh, group uh, reading, responsive readings, and the, the, the prayer that they could pray. And, and it was just, and I would read that, and the twins were there looking, just learned how to read, and they're following along. And I, I always thought that was kind of funny. But um, I think what we need to do, maybe there's something prophetic in this, is I would like for us to do a responsive reading of Psalm 118 this morning before we come to this before we come to this table individually. And the reason we're doing it is that I think that God is really focusing today on us getting ready to break through. And this was, these were the scriptures, you know, the event of all events in mankind, the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of sacrifices with all that was entailed there, this was the scripture that our Lord fed on before he went into that most trying of times. I think that's not without uh, with great significance. It, it's phenomenal. And so I would ask you to consider reading through Psalm 113 through 118 this week, and particularly on Friday, and note the various promises Note the things that Jesus was going to face in the hours that were coming. Note the various ways that 
certain verses stand out that were very active points of experience that our Lord would encounter. It, it, really, is, it really is an amazing thing. And so what we'll do is we will read this responsively, and then I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to ask you to come as the Lord directs you and partake of communion and find a place before the Lord to reflect on Him and to give Him thanks. We also have the bitter sop here. And I think that uh, of all weeks, it would be a wonderful thing for us to partake of that and to say, Father, as we're getting, as we're getting ready to be launched forward in many different avenues in the days to come, I want to present myself before you and say, search me if there's anything that, that is in me that you recognize your spirit wants to, to, to cleanse me of or to, or to take away the vitality of that iniquity. I present that before you. Uh, if, if, if there's any measure of commune with you that, that I am, that I am, have become, um, what's a good word, that I have become slack in. Or if I'm, uh, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the ecclesia. If there's any way that I need you to invigorate my ability to commune with you or to receive the provision that you have, I, I want that. Anoint the commune that I have with you. And Father, if there, if there are ways that the covering of your blood, which has been upon me, if I need a fresh sprinkling now for the going forth, an activation of places in me, or the places we'll be going, or in the accoutrements of ministry, or those, those things that we'll be using, those vessels that we'll be using for ministry, I want that. So this is a time of, of anticipation and obedience in going forward. And so that's why... Uh, I, I just see something extremely prophetic about what we're going to be doing, as unusual as it is. Uh, and and maybe, maybe this responsive reading um, is, is kind of a prophetic act concerning the doors God's going to be opening into denominational churches. That's going to be happening. You do realize, and I don't want to go too far with this, that some of the some of the churches that were begun in the fire of the Holy Spirit that became cold and the enemy has attacked over this past year and caused splits and divisions, some of those folks that have said, this is not what I know this movement is supposed to be. They've had a time of reflection to go back and to think and to heal the wounds of the enemy attack that split them and fractured them. Um, I, I think that perhaps us doing this is saying, Lord, we're submitting this particular uh, expression of their kind of worship. We're interjecting the Scripture and we're presenting this before you that as those doors open, Lord, let us, and make sure they're your doors that you've opened, Lord, empower us. And we speak into those places now in Jesus' name. You know, I'm thinking, I've been praying a lot, and I'm saying way too much right now, but I've been praying a lot about where I'm supposed to be going 
in the next few months. And um, I, I know that there's one particular part of the country where even during this shutdown season that we've been in, there have been a lot of denominational pastors that have been very interested in the message that God has been sowing through the saints. And many of those places are steeped in um, denominational ecclesiology. They're very rote in what they do. And, it, and to me, it's as dead as a doornail. But the pastors and the leaders and the people are hungry for more. And they're wanting to go into the fire of the Spirit that helped birth their movements. And so maybe this is for that. But, you know, um, for whatever reason, the Lord has strongly put this on my heart. And, I, and, and you know, even, even the, the, the idea of the Hallel, um, our enemy, the Hellel, has really been moving. And he's been creating schisms and strife. And he's been trying to corrupt what God's purpose is and what God's intent is for this time. And I think that's one of the reasons he detests the saints scripturally. He detests the saints because we are to be devoted to pressing in as an intercessor and as representative sons on this earth to welcome what God has originally intended. Um, I think that even, think about this. Here they are doing, whether they called this at that point or not, we, we don't know. I mean, history can say anything happened. But the, the very process of Hillel, there was Hillel, Satan, Lucifer, at this table. He heard all these things. How do you know he was there? Well, the Scripture says he was. That's how I know he was there. He wasn't in the picture, but he was there. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, we're going to do this. I know it seems very strange, but there's something very prophetic to it. And just remember that this was, this was the last type, this was the last scriptures that our Lord feasted on at that last supper before they launched out toward the Mount of Olives. And um, so, Father, whatever it is that you want to do through this, this rather unusual ecclesiastical type of thing, um, I pray that you will do it through us. And it's a privilege to be able to, to speak these things, use it, and then be with us as we partake of communion. Your presence is so rich here. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And we glorify you. So would you stand with me? If you have Psalm 118 out, you have Bibles all around you. You have them on your phone. You have them on your iPad. You have, you have the book there. You have it all. I'll read the first verse. Now, again, I've got to say this. We're reading out of the King James. Uh, if we don't say that, we're going to have diverse tongues going on. And, uh, you know, if it was good enough for the Apostle Paul to carry, it's good enough for us. So, I wish I could make a cricket sound. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read verse 1, then you're going to read verse 2. We'll just keep going that way, okay? Everybody understand that? All right, here we go. Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever.
Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. They compassed me about, yea, they compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. God is the Lord, which has showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the enduring power of your word. And we thank you that the wonderful Lord Jesus, who we love so dearly, when those last words of this psalm were spoken, he then went forth toward the time that is above all times on earth or in heaven or in any other part of creation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for fulfilling the word of the Heavenly Father. And we, we take this week specifically to rejoice in your victory. We've spoken these words, Father, and we pray that whatever, whatever you wanted to release uh, in the realm or into our life, because we have released these words, let it be done. And as we come before this table now and we celebrate 
the body and the blood of, of our Lord. I pray that there would be a release of your sustenance and your strength and everything that we need. Let it be released into us and into what we are as a body of Christ. And I pray, Father, that this, this time of, of uh, SOP, where we, we submit our iniquities and we submit every measure of bitterness that might be in us, we submit it to you. I pray, Father, that you would make a full and complete cleansing and healing. And may we be free to go forward in victory. May this be a week of victory. May God arise and may the enemies be scattered. May, may the gates of hell tremble at the approach of the sons of God who have been destined by you. You've given us the keys of the kingdom. You've given us that power to despoil those holdings of the enemy and to turn them to good. The keys are in our hands. You said this in your word. You said it was how you would build your church. And you are just now going to, uh, to do things that have never been done before. According to your timetable, you're going to do them. So, Father, we want to be right. We want to be ready. And we pray, Father, that as we come to this time of communion and we share this week of remembrance and we look forward to participating with you in, in a renewed song of triumph in heaven, Lord, let us be ready and let us be willing and let us be those sons, those saints that you've ordained us to be. So I bless this time and we set it forth before you and may there be an open table now in this place from this day forward. May there be an open table of the things of the Spirit. May, may you who are standing there come and dine. Come, you who are hungry, thirsty, those of you who are blind and lame, those of you who are rejected, those of you who have been lost, you come and feast. May this table be open from this day forward. And I thank you, Father. It is your timing. It is your timing. And we enter into it triumphantly and confidently and thankfully. So I speak blessing over the Father's Church family. I speak blessing over all of our Saints Network family. And we look forward, Father, to what it is that you have in store for us. And we, we thank you. And we say again, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. We ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus, that name that is above every name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's come and let's partake, spend time with the Lord, and uh, God bless all of you. God bless all of you. Amen.